At what point in two weeks do the Lions pursue a tight end? We'll talk about it with Joel Marino coming up next. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Matt Derry with you. It's Locked On Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day on a Friday, April 14th, and a Saturday, April 15th. Thanks for checking us out wherever you get your podcasts. And most importantly, thank you for subscribing and watching each and every day for free on the Locked On Lions a YouTube channel. Joe Marino, host of co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting, the Draft Dudes podcast right here on the network, and also the host of Locked On Bills is going to join us momentarily. Joe knows everything inside and out about the draft looks at the prospects, loves what the Lions have been doing. We wanted to get Joe on the show coming up, and we will do that today here on this Friday edition. You can check us out on Twitter at Dairy Speaks, at Locked On Lions on Twitter, the Matt Dairy Facebook fan page if you're on Facebook, and also, like I said, on the Locked On Lions YouTube channel. The show today is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. Download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game. Uh, very quickly, before we get to uh, Joe Marino here on this Friday and talk all things draft and some prospects, a day Burkett of the Free Press reporting today that the Lions are definitely were looking at free agent tight end Foster Moreau who had a really good year last year, 25-year-old tight end, four years in the league, had a good year last year, and was going to sign with the New Orleans Saints. Um, Lions, of course, right now have Brock Wright. Uh, they've got James Mitchell, and they've got uh, Shane Zilstra of the uh, Flying Zilstra Brothers, but probably could use an upgrade and one more tight end to, to throw into that mix. Um, Moreau was going to sign with the Saints. Turns out that during his physical with New Orleans, uh, it was discovered that he has... Uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma right now. So he's going to be walking away from football, at least at the moment, and getting treatments and getting healthy. So we wish him the best. But Foster Moreau for the Raiders was a pretty good player. Obviously kind of uh, tight end number two uh, behind Darren Waller. Um, But the fact that the Lions were looking at free agent tight ends, um, they haven't signed anybody yet. There's still guys out there. Um, But that opens the door for the draft and certainly – various mocks that have Detroit most likely with their second second round pick maybe using one on a tight end heck they could use one in the first round on a tight end there are plenty of good ones out there including the kid Notre Dame's Michael Mayer and others um the Lions have worked out tight ends a kid from Georgia Washington has been in um we're gonna ask Joe Marino about it but it, it certainly you know we sit here and watch the Lions today here on April 14th and look at the roster there's not as many holes as there used to be. There's not as many needs out there. You know, you sit there and say, okay, what's the Lions' biggest need at number six? What do they need? Well, they, they, they've added so many edge rushers lately. They've added three cornerbacks in free agency and shipped Jeff, Ok- Jeff Okuda out of town and still bring back Jerry Jacobs and, and, and Will Harris. Interior D-line, maybe a need. Right guard, maybe a need. But there's not that one position that you say you know for sure entering this draft coming up in two weeks that the lions definitely need 
Another tight end? Sure. But is it a number one priority? Right now, this team looks like a division winner. You know, Vegas thinks they're going to win the division. Heck, when we talk to Joe, we'll ask him about the division. So that's exciting. But keep an eye on tight end for sure. The Lions will will be shopping for one. You have to figure one of their first four picks uh, will be a tight end. I don't think they're taking a tight end at six like they did with Hawkinson or Ebron, anybody in the top ten. I don't see that. But maybe at 18, keep your eye on that uh, for sure. All right, we're going to talk to Joe Marino coming up next in the Ultimate NFL Scouting and Draft Dudes podcast. Uh, Today's episode, as I said, brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. We're just telling you about this. We did this during the season, and it was so much fun, all the locked-on hosts, in running our own teams. And you could do it in this game world. It's not necessarily even have to be online to do it at ultimate-gm.com. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for everything with your team, hiring coaches, coordinators, trading players, and certainly navigating through the draft. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Uh, Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go and as you want, when you want to. Lockdown Lions listeners, you're going to get a 100% free boost to your franchise. Just use the promo LOCKDOWN in all caps in the game store. That's LOCKDOWN in all caps, so make sure you check it out today. Look it up on the app stores or go to ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. One of the co-hosts on the Draft Dudes a podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. He's also the host of the Lockdown Bills Podcast, a guy I have an immense amount of respect for, knows these uh, college players inside and out, getting ready for the draft. Our buddy Joe Marino is with us today on a Friday Lockdown Lions. What's up, Joe? Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk football with you. Man, always a pleasure. I know we we recorded the draft last week with the other Lockdown hosts, and we can't tell anybody about it yet because it's uh, still in, in, in the works, but... Uh, I know I, I I made some crazy picks. I made some fun picks, but I was always looking at you for your reaction. But how, how wild do you think this first round could be in a couple of weeks? I think it's going to be pretty unpredictable, and especially when you have this many possible first-round quarterbacks and potentially some teams that are in striking range to pick these quarterbacks that might not like these quarterbacks, and that leads to movement. You got some big-time defensive talent in the draft. You got some slim pickings on offense and maybe that inspires some teams to move up to get some of these players, whether it's a running back or a wide receiver offensive line. I I feel like this draft is really going to be hard to predict, man. There's, there's so many different dominoes that, I mean, even starting at number one, I think, I think it's going to be Bryce young. Maybe it's CJ Stroud. And I think right from there, the dominoes are just significant. Every pick. Well, you you just brought it up. What would you do if you were Carolina? I wouldn't pick Bryce Young, I'll tell you that. Um, I I would probably pick C.J. Stroud. I think he's just the cleanest quarterback prospect. It's very easy to watch the tape and see the accuracy, the size, the movement skills, the processing ability, all three levels of the field he can attack, good production across two seasons, love the growth throughout his entire career. I'm in on C.J. Stroud, and I have just more questions about the other quarterbacks, right, whether it's Bryce Young and he's 5'10". He's a 5'10 quarterback that plays in the 190s, and he holds the ball for over three seconds, and there was a large percentage of pressure that he faces. That's his fault. I have a lot of concerns about that. And certainly Will Levis, his tape is extremely uneven. Anthony Richardson doesn't have 400 career passing attempts coming out of Florida. So the one that I have the least amount of questions about is C.J. Stroud and feels like the cleanest prospect and feel like I could build a good offense around him. 
But it's interesting, uh, last year at this time, if you and I were talking, be like, oh my God, this quarterback class sucks. And yet there were people in this city saying that the Lions should take Malik Willis at two. And it was like, oh my gosh. And now it looks like Tennessee after one year yeah. might be getting ready to pull a plug on that poor kid. Now, you know, it sounds like to me, you're saying, okay, last year's class might've been a D. Is this like a B minus class or, or do you think it's better than that? I love the question. And it's for the criticism that last year's quarterback class took. We're looking at three week one starters next year, potentially. Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, and Sam Howell. Like, that's our expectation right now for those three teams. So you have three starters already. And Brock Purdy would be the starter if he didn't yeah. have a UCL injury. So four starters? You know what I mean? Like, that's that says something. I think it's just a different lens, right? We're, we're looking at these quarterbacks as top of the first-round quarterbacks, right? Last year it was maybe one goes. And so I think it's just a, a different microscope, a different lens that we're looking at these quarterbacks through because they are expected to be such high picks. And, and I certainly look at them differently, and I'm more critical of what I'm getting. I mean, you're talking about hitching your wagon to a quarterback. I mean, jobs are on the line. or The direction of organizations is on the line. That's not the case with a fifth-round pick in Sam Howell or a third-rounder in Matt Corral or whatever. You know that, That's okay. Those are flyers, but these are – those picks, especially we've had already had a trade up, right? The Panthers gave up a lot to get to number one. They got to get it right. And I think that's going to be true for so many other situations. So I think really that's the difference. These are better prospects, but we're also looking at them a lot differently. And because of that, I, I have a lot, a lot of questions asked. I don't think they're going to do it, but I, I need to ask you. So let's say, for example, uh, Richardson drops to six and they're, they're set the Detroit Lions, who, as you know, because you watch the whole league, but uh lines are on the rise lines have done such a good job in free agency that there's not like this gigantic need let's say at corner like it was a month ago before they got the three guys that they signed uh and dumped jeff okuda you know you'd take christian gonzalez there or witherspoon which they still might do but they've got five really good corners now that they believe in um would 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 you take a flyer on anthony richardson if you're brad holmes and have him sit for two years what I like about the idea is I think Detroit is the perfect spot for Anthony Richardson. I'm not saying that's the best thing for Detroit, but I think for Anthony Richardson, what a dream opportunity to go to what's a very stable situation. Let's let's be honest here. We really like the offensive infrastructure with the coaching. The offensive line is good. They have young, exciting weapons. They're going to be committed to running the football. I mean, I think the Lions are going to win the North next year. Uh, as crazy as that type of stuff sounds, I mean, I think this is real stuff. It's really happening in Detroit. And I think for Detroit, for them to have the opportunity to get that type of talent in at quarterback, where I don't know that they're going to be picking this high for a while, it's a great opportunity for Anthony Richardson to come in and Jared Goff be the guy for a year or two and, you know, get him to the point where he's ready to go. I mean, he's underrepped. We talked about it already. 396 passing attempts coming out of college. I mean, that's, that's unprecedentedly low. And, and that would give him the opportunity to not be forced into action. I get worried about Anthony Richardson going to the Indianapolis Colts and, and having to be a quick starter or really even tennis or the, the Texans or if Tennessee moves up to three. Like I get very nervous about him having to play right away because I don't – I worry a lot about ruining him, right? The type of quarterback that if he's playing too early and, and, and not being able to really be ready – can you ruin him because he's not necessarily repped to the point where he's ready to run an NFL offense, in my opinion? Physically, he can certainly do anything you ask him to do, but to be able to execute and really be an NFL quarterback, I feel like that's going to take some time. Detroit at least gives him that opportunity to uh, onboard and, and not have to play before he's ready. 
Joe Marino uh, with us here on Locked On Lions, Locked On Bills host, and of course, uh, co- of course, co-host of the Draft Dudes podcast right here on the network. Um, what about Hendon Hooker? Where are you on him? Are you a fan? I like Hendon Hooker. Um, there's three layers to that evaluation that are very challenging. First of all, we'll recognize the good stuff, right? He's got size, arm talent. He's accurate, really clean mechanics. I think he's got the best mechanics of every quarter, any quarterback in this class in terms of footwork and release and all that stuff. Uh, great intangibles. You love everything. Historic season this past year at Tennessee. Probably, he's probably at least at the Heisman Trophy ceremony if he finishes out the year healthy, right? I, I don't think there's any question about that. But you have three really challenging layers, and, and one of them being that he's 25 and he tore his ACL at the end of the season. That's a 9- to 12-month recovery, so you're probably looking at a 26-year-old uh, before he's really getting a chance to rep and practice and play. And then on top of that, he's coming from Josh Heupel's spread ISO offense that is foreign to anything that we see here for a guy that's already an older quarterback uh, that's going to have to basically have a redshirt season. So those those are questions that I have, but I like the skill set. I really do. In the first round, day two type stuff is where I get interested there. But seeing some of the top 10 talk with a guy like Hendon Hooker, I, I get put off by that. I don't want to make this all about quarterbacks, but one more thing. You know, the Lions have reportedly offered Teddy Bridgewater a deal to be the backup with Sudfeld as number three. He hasn't accepted yet. Maybe he's waiting until after the draft to see what shakes out and maybe wants to be a starter somewhere. Who knows? But give me a name of a guy that you like that could be a day three, just a developmental guy that, that Brad Holmes maybe could take, you know, fourth, fifth round, sixth, sixth round, somebody like that. I think that name for me is out of UCLA, Dorian Thompson-Randall. Uh, good athleticism, good arm talent, uh, obviously coming from a, a tough-to-translate offense with Chip Kelly there in UCLA. But I think the intangibles really check out. I've had a chance to be around him a little bit at Steve Clarkson's quarterback retreat last year in L.A. Uh, really liked liked him, and I think he's got physical tools, and there's a developmental appeal there that I like. And so that's my mid-round quarterback this, this year that I, I would take that flyer on. Matt Miller uh, yesterday uh, came out, or maybe it was two days ago, on ESPN.com and said he hears, he's hearing the Lions love Tyree Wilson. Uh, if he were there at six, would you take him? Oh, that's tough. I like Tyree Wilson. Really, really toolsy. I mean, you talk about betting on traits. He's got length, athleticism, size, everything you can want. Um, I don't know that he'd be my preferred choice for Detroit. I, I sort of like what they have brewing there on that defensive line with, especially on the edge with Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston and Aquara and, and Pascal and, and some of the interior players, like, and even John Kaminsky, what he showed last year, being able to yeah. reduce inside and rush. I love the Lillian McNeil. Who knows about Levi on Wuzuriki? I like them coming out. I don't know if he's ever going to be healthy enough to, to really make a claim here, but I, I feel better about their edge situation um, than I do other components of this team. I, I, I feel like maybe the bigger needs on the interior or, or even I know that they signed some corners, but I, I still think there could be some value there at corner um, and you know some short-term deals there, right, to, with the guys that they brought in and certainly yeah. trading away Jeff Akuda. I know he was benched late in the season last year, and so the writing was kind of always in the wall. Um, but I feel like there could be some real value at corner and on the interior where I have bigger questions than I do about what the the Lions have on the edge. Lions also probably could use a tight end. I want to get Joe's thoughts on the tight ends coming up next right here on this Friday, Locked on Lions. Joe Marino with me, Locked on Bills Draft Dudes podcast. Joe is a busy guy this time of year getting ready for the draft. We are less than two weeks away from uh, night number one from Kansas City. 
on April the 27th. It's going to be wild, huh, Joe? Can you believe we're almost uh, almost here, man? Yeah, next week's our last full week before the draft. That hit me as I was getting ready for things on Lockdown Bills. Like, I got one more week to get it all in uh, before the, you know, it's showtime in two weeks. Yeah. Should be sweet. All right, we touched on it a little bit. Um, you know, the tight end situation. Let's say the Lions get get the corner. They get Wilson. They get somebody. I don't think they're taking Jalen Carter, but you never know. It's at six. Maybe looking at tight end at 18. Who are the fits that you like there? There's a lot of them, aren't there? Yeah, it's a great year for tight ends. And I, I think Detroit could find a real answer there if, if they want to, right? I mean, that's a question they'll have to ask themselves. And I certainly believe in Ben Johnson and his ability to maximize whatever player they would get. But I, I think you look at Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, who I think his receiving skills are unmatched in this class. The route running, the hands, the ball skills, he's really exceptional. Love him coming out of Utah where they actually use tight ends like they're using the NFL. And so I think that'll help with the curve there. And I think there's a lot of ceiling for him to develop into. He was only a one-year high school player, went to San Diego originally. Then he goes to Utah and was unbelievably productive at Utah. And typically you see these tight ends coming out of college. They don't have a ton of production. Not the case with Dalton Kincaid. Uh, obviously, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame is in that conversation. Just a high floor player. You know, I don't know that he's a, a premier physical talent that's that's going to dominate the league from the position, but I, I feel like there's such a baseline skill set here that, in terms of what he can do and what you're going to get from the player. Uh, seems like a very safe pick, and I think you'll get a quality impact starter. Uh, I mean, you look at a guy like Darnell Washington out of Georgia. He's yeah. almost 6'7", 265 pounds, crazy wingspan, good athlete. And so immediately he's going to help you block, right? I mean, he's, a, he's an awesome blocker. He blocks like a 260-pound tight end should. But also that catch radius in the middle of the field, his ability to adjust his zone coverage and make himself available is uh, really exciting. And I, I love those three guys. He's, Luke Musgrave's got some appeal. I think he's more of a day-two player, at least the way that I view him, out of Oregon State. you got some nice day-two players like Sam Laporta from Iowa, Tucker Kraft out of uh, South Dakota State. I mean, this is a rich year for tight end. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I still think that there's tiers within it. And, you know, I think that Detroit, if they want it, could get a tier one tight end at 18 if, if that's the direction they choose to go. There's been some, uh, you know, there's a ton of mock drafts. I know you do some and, and you guys talk about it on your show, but um, there's been some that have mocked B. John Robinson 18 to Detroit, certainly Swift in the final year of his deal. Uh, they've got David Montgomery now taking the Jamal Williams role for the next three years. But where are you on and Bijan? And would that be a fit that you like at 18? At 18, my goodness, yeah, I think that's a tremendous pick. Bijan Robinson is one of the two or three best players in this class, regardless of position, right? The positional value makes it a different conversation, but he's special. He's a special player. And whether it's inside running, outside running, he blocks, he catches it, he's physical, he's explosive. I mean, he has everything. And I think the identity of the Detroit Lions and the type of team that they want to be, I mean, a back like this just makes a lot of sense. And I think with the appreciation that I have for the ar offensive architecture that exists with the Lions, um, coupled with me, not I'm not really big on De DeAndre Swift. I'm not really big on David Montgomery. I think those are very upgradable players, and I don't know that Swift's a player that they're going to retain. Mm -hmm. And so while I know that they paid David Montgomery a few bucks, that doesn't stop me from going after Bijan Robinson and, and really having a focal point for my offense. And then I think about, okay, you want to load up on box counts to stop Bijan. Well, I got Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamison Williams. Yeah. And, and that's a problem. I mean, with that spacing, what Jamison Williams is going to be able to bring to this offense in terms of 
the respect vertically that he commands, you're going to have some great looks. And I, I just feel like being able to lean on a B. John Robinson could be a big factor in Detroit kind of meeting a lot of the lofty goals that ha- they have on them for next season and moving forward. I think he could be that bell cow and re- be a real difference maker at the position. I don't advocate for first-round running backs, Matt. Yeah. But Bijan's the type of guy that changes the conversation. It's interesting. I, I'm, I'm with you on that uh, with, with the first-round running backs, but if it's a special talent, uh, Brad Holmes has been known to take the best player available, even though for the last few years in the draft, you figure, oh, he's got the D lineman and he kept taking him. Um, you know, and so we'll see where this goes. Lions offensively look really good right now. You mentioned Ben Johnson and the O-line's solid. All, you know, four of the five spots you know are That's when you start thinking about Osiris Torrance out of Florida, and you talk about that identity, physical, downhill, the ability to create displacement in the run game and move bodies. Osiris Torrance is that, right? And what I love about Osiris is I thought he was a pretty good player at Louisiana. The guy leveled up and goes to Florida this past year, follows the coach, and I thought he was the best version of himself against the best competition. I mean, this guy is a people mover, a road grader. I don't think you're going to draft him because you love his range and athleticism, right? This isn't the guy that is going to be a big-time asset on some of your longer poles, but his ability to set and anchor against you know, interior rushers and his ability to move bodies out of the way is going to make any offense more physical. And, and certainly, you think about the way we think the Lions want to play football, he seems like a great fit. A lot of people have mocked Jack Campbell to Detroit in the second round. And I think they're making the Chris Spielman comparison. Of course, Spielman, mm. the former Lion, is in the front office. Uh, are you a fan uh, of his? Would you like that uh, selection if that was a second rounder, let's say 48 for Detroit? I'm a big fan of Jack Campbell. In fact, I hope the Bills pick him <laughs> before the Lions do. So if that gives you any idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big, you guys big need Jack, a linebacker. The, big time. Yeah. And you get Tremaine Edmonds. Welcome to the, uh, the NFC North. You guys get to deal with that guy. Yeah. Um, but um yeah, I, I like Jack Campbell. I think he's across the board, just a very just high floor player. Uh, size, athleticism, you, you love all that. Uh, good downhill player, uh, smart, two-time defensive MVP at Iowa, who's been an awesome defense the last two years, Unit, uh, consensus All-American. He won all the coaches' appreciation awards, highly accomplished in the classroom. So, like, he's just a guy that just checks every box. And uh, training with Luke Keekley this offseason, I mean, what more can you ask for? Uh, so I think he makes a lot of sense. But where I maybe would ask you a question about this is it feels like the Lions are a little bit more in on Malcolm Rodriguez and they brought back Alex Anzalone and yeah. Derek Barnes is here. And I've really liked right. some of those flashes. So I, I, I don't I don't know if this is as big of a need as maybe we perceive it to be based on the way that I think the Lions perceive some of the guys they already have in the mix. Well, that, that's the thing. And I said this yesterday, I, I'm doing these, seeing these two round mocks and I got to give them to the, give it to the people. They love it. <laughs> but you know, if they're playing this four, two, five defense, you're right. Barnes right. is going to be out there probably on third down Rodriguez on first and second next to Alex Anzalone. Well, where would Campbell play? You know, that this isn't a lot of room for him. I mean, they, they're right. loaded now with defensive backs and, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is sort of that amoeba safety hybrid uh, corner. Um, you're right. I don't know if that's a fit for Detroit. Right. Uh, although a it's a good player. Yeah, sure. But I don't know if it's uh, if that's a fit. You said before you think the Lions are going to win the NFC North. and it, It's crazy just to hear folks from out of town, Joe, just <laughs> the national people just love, loving on the Lions. It's crazy. But you look at that whole division. How do you how do you stack it after Detroit if that's what you're thinking? 
Well, it's funny that we uh, on on uh, locked on NFL scouting with the draft dudes. Our, our episode, one of our episodes this week, we we talked about the Aaron Rodgers stuff, and we really got into the Packers, and we talked about well, you know, what is this team right now? And we looked at it, and it's like, man, they're not better. That like, look at their roster and what they've done this offseason. They've done nothing but lose players, and, and so I, I I feel kind of trending in the wrong direction. We all know Minnesota completely overachieved last year, right? Had no business winning that many football games, and there's some regression happening there. And obviously, there's some transitions happening with their defense, which they needed to. But I mean, that defense was terrible last year, um, and and I I mean, I haven't loved what they've been able to get done this offseason in terms of improving their roster. I still have a lot of questions there. I mean, Chicago, you feel pretty good about where they're headed and, and Justin Fields and the running game and the influx of offensive talent defensively. You feel like Matt Eberflus can can really make an impact there with the players they've added on that side of the football, but their defensive line is a joke to me right now. I mean, you, Lions probably licking their chops running the football against the, Detroit, the, the Chicago Bears front. And so, again, I guess it's a little bit like the, the quarterback conversation that we had with this draft. I just got the least amount of questions about the Lions, and I like the trajectory. I like the, the coaching staff, the, the, what they're building. I like where it's all headed. And um, I think even you can look at Detroit in the opposite of what Minnesota happened, where Minnesota won a bunch of games that they probably shouldn't have, and maybe the Lions lost some games that they shouldn't have. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a couple that stand out pretty, pretty heavily to me. I mean, even the Thanksgiving game, right? I mean – Diggs doesn't catch that pass over the middle of the field. The Lions win that game. It, you know, the, the season ends differently. I like where they're headed. That's what I'm he- uh, saying, and I don't necessarily feel the same about these other teams to the level that I do about the Detroit Lions. I, I'd guess that most most of the books out there are going to have the Lions as the favorite to win the division. Joe, always a pleasure, man. Uh, love your work, and uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me. Joe Marino, Locked on NFL Scouting. I always call it the Draft Dudes Podcast, but it's with the Draft Dudes. And also Locked on Bills. Check out his work right here wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Friday, Locked on Lions. We'll get you back next week.